the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, and I am with you today. And I am, uh, I'm heartbroken, and I'm, I'm really angry. And if you're just turning on the radio, maybe you've been at work. Maybe you've been looking at news, or maybe you haven't had a chance to look at some news. So I'm bringing you some news for the first time. Another school shooting today in Uvalde, Texas, and all of this is breaking right now, but 15 people killed at least, and it looks like most are little kids, seven, eight, and nine years old. Those kinds of facts are going to change. This is still, you know, breaking news, and as you know, those those things change um, as time goes on. But um, we've been here before, and like before, there's no words. There's no words. And we come together looking, I think, for those words. That's who I find it as a radio host, as somebody who's been a pastor, when I have to confront tragedy, when it happens, you wish there was a button to press and you wish there was, you know, some scripture I can go to that's just the magic words to give some kind of comfort to make sense of it. I think all of Scripture makes sense of it, the reason uh, that we need a Savior and in the, the entire scope of what the condition is of humanity. Ultimately, that makes sense. But you, when you're going through it, uh, this is really hard. And I know that many of you are in the same place, and maybe you're hearing about this for the first time. And I'm glad I can be with you. And um, let's just kind of talk through it, and let's let's just follow the story and put ourselves in the place of the parents and family and friends of people who are, are dealing with the, the greatest horror right now. And you can join our conversation if you want to call me and, and talk about it. 888-LA-TALKS is the phone number, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can also email me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. And, you know, let's be careful about making a lot of judgments about who did what and what their motivations were, and we don't know. Those things change. But one of the things that we've been seeing in the shootings that we had just a couple of weekends ago in Buffalo, a shooting at a church here uh, that same weekend, and we've seen this repeatedly, um, is the motives seem to be come from all different sides and all these different things, that there is just an evil that is beset upon our our culture, our nation, where people feel like this is something um, that is, I don't know, acceptable, something that is um, a response to whatever they might be going through, whatever they're, they're feeling. And obviously people are very... Um, you know, people are going to say, well, a person's obviously got 
you know, psychological problems. And of course, yes, he does. That's, that's, you have to, I think, be crazy to use that term loosely to do something like this. But at the same time, um, this keeps happening and you just don't know. You don't know where it's going to happen. So it's happened here in Uvalde, Texas. I think I'm saying that right. Uvalde, Texas. It's in Southern Texas, uh, west of San Antonio. Maybe you know somebody who's down there. You, there's a very good chance somebody listening right now knows somebody who is aware of all these things going on. And uh, give us a call um, if you want to join our conversation, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. That is the number. So 14 students uh, have been killed. One teacher also killed in an elementary school shooting. The shooter himself is dead. It's not clear whether he was shot by police or took his own life. We don't know that yet. Uh, the suspect was 18 years old and a student at uh, Uvalde High School. So it's a kid killing other kids. And uh, it's just incomprehensible. How do you even talk about this? And how do you talk about the the kids and the parents who are witness to this, who are going to go through this? Uh, This is not the plan. Uh, This is not something that anybody woke up today thinking this is going to be the time. So how do we process it together? How do we as followers of Christ in this this era, how, how do we stand up to these things that keep going on, that we've suffered in our own community, we've seen them across the country, and we all suffer from it when we see it, but it's it's something that I, I feel like as I even watch some of the commentators, I've switched around to different channels, you know, and, and people are grasping for reasons why, grasping for solutions. What can we do? There are probably some things that, that can be done. It's politicized, you know, immediately from different people on the left and right. Um, the governor of California did that already. There, it's just like, which it's a couple hours old and we're already leveraging this tragedy for uh, different things. Let's not do that. Let's, let's put ourselves in the place of those who are grieving today. We need to mourn with those who mourn. That's one of the things that we do. And it is doing something. 888-528-2557. If you want to join me in this conversation, 888-528-2557 is uh, the number. And um, I think that we have, uh, Wilbur, do we have a clip of the, uh, the governor of Texas uh, making a statement about it? Go ahead and play that. It was uh, Salvador Romas, uh, an 18-year-old male who resided in Uvalde. Uh, it's believed that he abandoned his vehicle and entered into uh, the Robb Elementary School in Uvalde w- with a handgun, and he may have also had a rifle, but that is not yet confirmed according to my most recent report. Uh, he shot and killed horrifically, incomprehensibly, uh, 14 students uh, and killed a teacher. Uh, Mr. Uh, Romus, the shooter, uh, he is... he. Uh, he himself uh, is deceased uh, and is believed that responding officers killed him. So there you have it, Governor Greg Abbott of Texas, uh, sharing a little bit about what has happened here. And as the story comes in, we'll try to keep you updated throughout our program today. And uh, 
you know, try to keep uh, the facts straight. I think that's one of the things that is really, really important. There seems to be, you know, an effort when these things happen to uh, figure out who they are and find their social media. And uh, sometimes you find the wrong social media and implicate somebody who's not involved at all. Um, but I think that we want to come together and uh, and grieve with those who grieve. 888-528-2557. Dora from Downey, welcome to Southern California Live. Uh, Dora, how you doing, Dora? Well, I'm doing great myself. I was just thinking, uh, I don't know, it just seems like that is, uh, you know, um, that's just the devil beginning to have his reign across the land. Yeah. It is, uh, it is the devil, right? I mean, it's just so, so evil, uh, these things when they keep happening. Um, and, uh. I can't hear you too well, Dora. I'm going to have to let you go. Um, but uh, thank you for calling. You can call and uh, join the conversation, 888-528-2557. Um, you know, it, there's a spiritual nature to these things for sure. Uh, and I think that when we realize, you know, I don't know what this shooter's motive was. Apparently he, he murdered his grandmother first, so there might be a domestic reason dispute uh, as it came, you know, and then I don't know why he went to the school or why he did what he did. Um, but it seems like there are multiple motivations, you know, so you have somebody in the Buffalo supermarket that was, had white supremacy behind it. You have somebody in here in Laguna Woods who had political motivations related to, uh, the China and Taiwan problem. You have, um, lots of people have, I think, you know, everybody's got mental health issues who are going through, do this, but, you have people who are suffering in different ways uh, that way. Um, 888-528-2557. Jim from North Hills. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, how you doing? Hi, Jim. How are you? Sorry, I didn't know you were going to take my call so quick. How you doing, Scott? I'm doing, Jim. I'm doing fine, Jim. Uh, other than this story, Good. I mean, I'm, I'm breathing and, and I'm, a, I'm a lover of Jesus. And I know that at the end of the day, um, people know Jesus are, are taken care of and that Jesus comes back and he ends all this evil uh, once and for all one day. So in that sense, I'm all right. But otherwise, I'm pretty upset. Yeah, so so here's my comment. You know, we're, we're always talking about kids, you know, you know they, they do these things, they go and shoot up schools, they do, do all this crazy stuff and whatever they do. We're always getting on them, but yet, We've got politicians, we've got adults that are stealing, lying to the American people on the left and the right. You know, I'm not saying just, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm a Republican, but yet again, we're, we're all, they're all, all tied up together. And then, you know, then we expect the kids to be just perfect, that they can't do no wrong, but yet here we are stealing, lying, and everything to the American people, and we expect them to be perfect, but yet we're acting like more childish than they are. I used to say, I would always say when I would coach um, Little League baseball, I would say this league would be so much better if it wasn't for the us adults. <laughs> yeah, I understand that, Jim. Uh, thank you for your call. You know, um, that says an awful lot, I think, about who we are as people and as adults and why do we see this happening even with the 
the kids. And, uh, you know, I know that many of you have been dealing with, many listeners of our program deal with um, violence that uh, has been perpetrated by kids. Some of uh, some of you listening have uh, personally had to go through gun violence in particular, which is, you know, all the violence is, is horrible. Gun violence is just, it's a particularly horrific uh, event uh, when this happens. And it's just wicked. It's just completely wicked. 888-528-2557. Lewis from Burbank, welcome to Southern California Live. Good afternoon. First of all, I'd like to begin and offer my prayers to all the grieving families that lost family members, not only that, but for uh, the victims themselves in general. My concern is that, you know, again, here we are in this situation uh, where children are paying the price of neglect, but I just don't want this to be a result where later on the liberals are going to blame the to take the rights of the Second Amendment from us owning All right. weapons. Yeah, you know I appreciate that, Lewis. But let's for for now let's try not to get too uh, political left and right. I I know that uh, you know I, I maybe here's what we would say politically has when these things continue to happen. Has anybody left and right done anything? So we're going to have people talking about gun control, but have anyone made any steps to make things safer on the left or the right? Like actually a lot of words, a lot of words. We have to do this and we have to do that. And we hear the same thing every time. I'm not finding it comforting or believable from anybody. And I'm not sure anybody actually knows what they, what we're going to do from the standpoint of laws from the standpoint of um, the secular government, you know, we are in an increasingly violent society. And the the motivations for these things seem to be coming from multiple different directions. When you hear me with that, it's that it isn't just one group of people or one ideology that's behind it. It seems to be that there's multiple ideologies that are leading people to commit horrific crimes, uh, horrific violent acts like this. And uh, we're seeing this again. And I think, uh, you know, you're right. We need to be thinking right now of the, the, the families first. We need to be praying for them. In fact, I'll pray for them here in just a moment. And um, I'm wondering if, you know, what is it, what do you think we should do? Like practically speaking, and I think it's hard to talk about because I'm mad. I want to say all kinds of stuff. There, there are words that I can't even say that seem to be, you know, the words that are. I'm just so mad that this happens again. I think it's, uh, it's when it's little kids too. It's just like the most helpless. Um, and I think a group of people. It isn't, you know, you have you have a group of people who are going to suffer unimaginable loss. I'll tell you what, as a pastor for all these years, probably the hardest thing as I think about it is sitting with parents who have lost kids, especially when it's happened in violent acts, especially when it's happened in gun violence, which I've sat with people. And there's nothing to say. There's no words. And, you know, when you're that parent, you're, you're angry and you're hurt, but mostly you've lost your little kid. And, you know, whoever you can blame later, you'll pick people to blame left and right and center and and whatever. 
Uh, we've got to turn to Jesus, my friends, in these times. This is the, Jesus is the place of comfort. Jesus is the one who you, people are going to say, well, where is your Jesus when this happens? And we see these kinds of things all the time. You know where Jesus is? You know the answer to that? The answer to that really is you being with people who are suffering. You as the, the body of Christ. You know, it's a very hard question. Why doesn't Jesus, uh, you know, why doesn't God prevent these things from happening? It begins in Genesis. It begins with the fall, and then you have Cain and Abel. And in that story of Cain and Abel, you know, a verse that always comes to mind when, when these things happen is when God is questioning Cain about what happened to his brother Abel. And Cain killed his brother. Then the Lord said to Cain, Genesis chapter 4, Where's your brother Abel? And Cain says, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. I think you have to know that God is aware of this. He's aware and he fully understands the injustice of it, the horrific nature of it, that these kids and this teacher, the blood of them cries out to God from the ground. And this has been the condition of mankind. This is what sin does. Gosh, you know, as I'm, I'm talking about, this is one of the reasons that, you know, in our culture, we're, we're redefining sin in all kinds of ways. We are saying that we are justifying violence. We are justifying behaviors that cause illness, that cause harm, that devastate society, that devastate families, philosophies about life that are horrific. And we should understand that there's a consequence to that, that it doesn't, it doesn't just go off into the ether. We are not actually just dust in the wind. We are not cosmic accidents. We are not alone. We are created beings created by a God who created us to have fellowship with each other, to be beings of love. And these things tear apart at humanity, at who we are. And one of the reasons we're not getting better, one of the reasons we're going down the wrong path is because we won't acknowledge the living God. We won't. We will blame guns. We will blame uh, leftist ideology. We will blame right-wing ideology. We will find some group of people to blame. It's already happening. And you know what? Some of that fits into it. I get it that there these ideologies it is something to address they they are sinful evil ideologies that lead people to do horrific things because they're leading people into um they're leading these ideologies lead people into the darkness that is the pit of humanity the darkness that says that there is no hope when the hope is in Christ the darkness that says i am somehow better than somebody else the darkness that says i deserve something that somebody else shouldn't have I should have instead. That's the darkness of, of covetousness, the darkness of, of hate, the darkness of you know, illness when that's a part of it, the darkness of, of families that are, that are torn apart because of unfaithfulness, because of an unfaithfulness to God, an unfaithfulness to each other, and a culture today that wants to redefine all of that and not bring God into it. 
That's what this is. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, and I'm, I am with you today as we are talking about, in case you just got in the car and maybe you haven't heard the news, another school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. And this shooting um, has taken the life of 15 people, I think, and additionally the shooter, one teacher and 14 students. And what I'm hearing is that they're seven, eight, nine years old students. Um, we'll see, you know, I want to be careful about the news as it changes and the facts on the ground change. And uh, we want to come together and grieve together and talk about it. You can join us in this conversation, 888-528-2557. We'll take a break here in a minute and we'll come back and uh, get some more information. But uh, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray right now for uh, these families. And uh, join me if you can. Just take a moment if you're at your desk uh, or you're at home. Just just pause with me for a minute, would you? And if you're driving, you know, don't take your eyes off the road. Uh, you can pull over if you need to, but just listen in, okay? And pray, you know, in your heart. God, thank you uh, for being with us. And God, we're unable to put words together for these horrific tragedies that we keep seeing and... When it's kids, Lord, we know that this angers you. We know it angers you when it's anybody. We know that the blood of these victims of these shootings, this one and and other ones that we have been hearing about, being in witness to, some of us, that their blood is crying out to you. And as the body of Christ, Lord, let us hear that cry, the same cry that you hear. God, I pray that we hear that cry because the answer is going to be coming from us. The direction is us. The the solution, God, we know is Christ, and we are the body of Christ. Let us be that. Let us not just tune this out. God, I pray for the families who are going through hell right now, who cannot comprehend what has just happened, that somehow they would be aware of your presence. And I pray for the witnesses to this who will have to deal with this for their entire life. God, I pray for them, and I pray for the shooter's family and the whatever the issues are that are there. God, there is so much grief for the first responders who are there, the staff at this school who are going to have to deal with this and how much harder it is when it's kids. God, I pray that they would be aware of your presence. I pray for the church on the ground there, for the pastors who are at that school right now, who I know are compelled to go down there and who are there, who don't have the the words to say. I pray that the church would be present. I pray that the church would grieve with those who are grieving. And I pray that we would not resort to just a blame game and move on, but that we would be different There's so many things, Lord, but we just ask for your mercy and your grace right now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You're listening to Southern California Live. We're responding to the school shooting in Uvalde, Texas, 14 kids, teacher. And uh, we'll be back. You can give us a call and share your thoughts. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. We'll be back in a moment. Stay tuned. At approximately 11.32 a.m. this morning, there was a mass casualty incident at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas.
School has children that are in second, third, and fourth grade. Uh, I can confirm right now that we have several injuries, uh, adults and students, and we do have some deaths. Uh, the suspect is deceased at this point. Uh, DPS is assisting with the investigation. Um, and at this point, the investigation is leading uh, to tell us that the, the suspect uh, did act alone uh, during this hyenas crime. Uh, families are being notified and we are providing services to them uh, as the district uh, should. Uh, as far as the rest of the district is concerned, safety measures were taken to make sure that we had a safe release for the rest of the district. Uh, for the, for throughout our city of Uvalde, and we uh, had numerous uh, law enforcement officers and agencies that assisted with the safety release for those students. Uh, we do want to keep all our families in their prayers. I hope you do as well. And we also want to respect the privacy of the family. Everything uh, is still being worked on, and again, we'll notify the parents and the families as soon as we have some news for them. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it. Uh, an update from Uvalde, where a 18-year-old shooter. Um, went in and murdered uh, 14 kids, apparently, and a teacher. And uh, he is he is also deceased. We don't know yet. I have not seen yet whether or not he took his own life or he, he was shot by police. Uh, it looks like he also took the life of his grandmother beforehand, so maybe it started out as some kind of domestic dispute, but maybe he had some other motivation. And we've been talking about this. It's It's there. I've got other things, you know, that I was going to talk about today. Uh, there are interesting things about elections that's going on across the country and uh, some other conversations that I think would be good for us to have and to understand. But uh, I think we need to to pause and watch this story and talk about it. There's no words. I'm just, just – I'm moving kind of just from grief to just being livid. And we we've seen this so much recently. We got a break during the COVID from this. But if you remember – before the shutdowns, this was happening more and more often the last few years, and our culture is headed in this direction, in a very violent direction. And, you know, there will be politics, and there will be, there already is, people on the left and the right. But I've noticed, and I think you've noticed too, by the way, you can join me. I'd love to get your input on this subject, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Really, what I want to know is how you're feeling, and I want to know, you know, what do you think we can actually do? Not coming from sort of a an angle. I know there's there's politics and things to discuss, but, you know, it, it never gets done. Not from either side. Nothing gets done. And can I, I'm going to tell you what I think about it cynically, not just about matters of violence, but matters of lots of different things, health care, you name it, health care, immigration, uh, the border, uh, homelessness, abortion, lots of different things. You know why a lot of things don't get resolved? It's because the issues themselves raise a lot of money for politicians on both sides. And if you do nothing, you keep having the issues. Maybe that's just really cynical of me. But, you know, when it comes to – I don't know that there is a legal gun solution. You're never going to get rid of all the guns if you outlaw them. They're not going away. You're not going to, you're not going to convince people uh, not to own them or regular people. You're not going to take them you – know, there's so many different things. Uh, you're still going to have these things happen, whatever you think about those those issues. But it's ultimately the reasons why this keeps happening. 
People have used their cars. People have used knives. People have used bombs. They've done other things to create mass destruction and death when they've had some reason for doing it. What are the steps? What what can we do as the church? How do we step in and offer hope? And, you know, maybe it's a little far removed because it's Texas. It's half the country away. But these things are happening in our own cities right now. Gun violence is happening often in our own cities. In some cities, it's it's worse if you can believe it. But, you know, I think we we maybe we ignore it a little bit. I met a woman who is from Los Angeles, and she said that the gun violence in her neighborhood is so bad that she has gotten used to hearing gunshots at night and simply rolling off the bed and sleeping on the floor and going back to sleep. It's such a common, that was her, her response, that it's so common that it's like, well, I better just sleep on the floor tonight. That sounded a little close. Uh, why are we putting up with that? And what is it that our churches can do together? So I'm also a proponent of the church needs to do stuff together. That part of the problem, and hear me out, part of the problem is we all do our own thing. And we do our own thing, you know, I think it's important to do your own thing in your community, wherever you are. You got to reach out to the people in your neighborhood, wherever your your church is planted, you know, wherever the footprint is of the, the building you meet in or the neighborhood or wherever. But isn't there more we can do together as churches? Isn't it time? Is it not time? Is it not time for churches to put their shields together and step out into the culture and stop making it about left and right and let's make it about up and down? And let's be with people. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Boyd in Orange County. Boyd, thanks for calling. Hi, uh, how are you how, doing? I'm fine. How are you responding to all this, Boyd? Well, I'm responding in, uh, I'm concerned about our nation, uh, local governments, uh, listening laws, listening, listening laws that are uh, defining uh, bad, like the California has marijuana uh, as as a legal thing to do now, and we have. When I was growing up, pornography was illegal, and things like that. We've lessened our laws. God, God's laws, but He doesn't make them less. He, he has His God's. He has His His. Uh, laws in place for us to help us do the right thing, to go the right direction. And he's against that. And we're, we need, I think we need to institute more of, um, of God's law to how, how does society. The, how does the church do this? I mean, I think that you know, the laws that our, our government is passing, you're right, we are, we are legalizing um, what some of it for sure is immoral behavior, behaviors that we sometimes justify, um, and they yeah. hurt everybody. It, it creates problems at the hospitals. It creates problems in your, your health care bill. I mean, yeah. it's not, none of these things are, whenever somebody says, oh, well, I'm doing this and it doesn't hurt anybody. No, it does. It affects every single person. It does. Uh, all of this stuff does. But as as the church, I mean, let's uh, let's assume, I, I mean, I hope this isn't right as a as a citizen, 
Uh, and, you know, and as an American, I do believe if there's any country who can come back from the brink, it's the United States. I fully believe that. However, I believe, so. yeah. you know, yeah. I believe that. However, we should acknowledge that no country in the history of mankind has come back from the brink once it goes over a certain point, uh, except Israel has come back uh, at least three times. Other than that, you don't find a country. Um, I think we could, but let's assume that it's not getting better, that pagan philosophy will be in charge. What does the church do? Uh, we're, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is not something that is ever going to be illegal. What does the Holy Spirit want churches to do together during these times? What do you think? Get, get close to our Savior and do what He wants us to do and, in prayer. They need to pray. Yeah, and we need to get out there. Boy, thank you for your call. I thank you for calling. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. The number is 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. And, you know, what I'm asking is, what can we really do um, without just getting into the left and right of it and the usual things, which then we do nothing? What can we really do to change the course of our of our nation? What can the church do? What can churches do together? 888-528-2557. Ozzy from Canoga Park. Welcome to Southern California. Uh, yes, sir. Um, I just, I'm not sure exactly what we can do to get as a church, but I believe that uh, from abortion to euthanasia, that the value of life is no longer present in society. And I think we have to fix those, uh, tighten up those two ends of the spectrum to get a hold of uh, of the whole situation. Yeah, mm. uh, that's I think... all I I really don't know. It's, it's almost out of control. Yeah, Ozzy, uh, thank you for calling Southern California Live. You know, I think you're right, Ozzy. At the heart of all of this, right, is that we don't value human life. We don't. And it begins with the abortion thing. It really does. And I I know there's nuance and people have some different thoughts about this, but there's really no different thought about it if you value human life. If you understand, and it goes right back to to everything about who we are as people. And it's it's involved with the homeless issue where California now has, I think, half of the homeless people in the country and in a new report said that San Diego now has just increased as soon as as soon as our big cities start to spend more money on homelessness it seems like it seems it increases and part of it is a philosophy that says we don't want to be about recovery and people getting better we just want to make people more comfortable in whatever their freedom is to harm themselves and forgive me for being a little cynical and not quite as you know I realize that there's conversations about these things but uh, we're not doing well when it comes to life, respecting human beings across the board. I think the answer is the church and not a church or a congregation or a particular branch. I think the church that when Jesus looks down and he sees one church, I think he wants the body of Christ to work together, not just your congregation, my congregation. I think he wants congregations to work together. I think that there that a lot of what we could do has to do with congregations moving outside the walls into discipleship, 
into loving people the way Jesus asked us to love. I think there's some steps there that begin to make a difference. 888-528-2557 is the number. I'm going to take uh, one call, then i got to go to break. Jackie from Compton, thanks for calling Southern California Live. Yes. Um, hi. Thank you for taking my call. I was um, just, I'm really saddened by all this that's going on in this world. I, yeah. I, I really am. It breaks my heart. And you were asking a question, what could the church do? Well, I think all of us as a believer of Christ, as me being a believer in Christ, I think the best thing that I can do is share my faith. Mm. Because I, I think that's what we're missing in this world. That's what we're missing. We're missing God. We're missing. So we need, I believe that we need, like me personally, just to go out there and just, even if it's just a person on the street, bring the Lord into the conversation, reach out. That's what I believe. And I, I, I wish I could ask you a question. I don't know if I have time for it, but I wanted to ask you. I hate the fact that this is going on so much so, and I know I'm not supposed to worry and I'm not supposed to live in fear, but there are times I'm outside. I got bumped into the other day in the grocery store twice by the same person, and I was scared. I was yeah. literally scared. Yeah. You know, and I was just going to say, what do we do as believers, as Christians, when we feel fear, when we feel um, I don't know if that makes any sense. It makes perfect sense, Jackie. It makes perfect sense. I'll tell you what, I got to go to a break, and then I'll answer your question when I get back. Um, but that makes perfect sense. Uh, you can hang on or you can you can hang up, and then I'll get back to you. I'll answer your question when I get back. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. We're talking about the the shooting in uh, the school shooting in Texas today and getting your thoughts about that. 888-528-2557. I'll get back to your calls and Jackie's question when we get back. I'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you today on this Tuesday, May 24th, a sad day. And uh, we have been responding to the breaking news of school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. And uh, it's kids, second, third, and fourth grade, I think, seven, eight, nine years old. Uh, Fourteen kids, at least, last I heard, who have been uh, killed and one teacher. Uh, the shooter has uh, is also deceased, unsure whether that was at the hands of police or himself. And uh, we're responding to that. Before the break, Jackie, caller Jackie, asked us, you know, what do we do about the fear uh, that we have that this generates? And she talked about how she was bumped into by the same guy at the supermarket recently and became afraid. And that is very understandable right now. When you have a supermarket shooting that happened in Buffalo um, last week, uh, I'll bet that most people, and especially if you are African-American, you're thinking about that when you go to the store. And when you have the shooting that happens in a church, probably a lot of church people thought about it. And um, if particularly, as it happened in a Taiwanese congregation, if you're in a Taiwanese congregation, I'll bet that this Sunday, two days ago, you had extra concern about security that you didn't have the week before. And the same would be true, uh, I think, for a lot of people who go to church. And now the fear, imagine the fear now of parents in that community, teachers in that community, and all across the country for, for us, 
Am I going to be uh, walking my kids into school in the morning? I might. Uh, and I don't usually do that. But it is uh, on my mind. And how do we deal with that? So let me just give you a couple of things, and then we can take your calls. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. We're talking about the shooting today and getting your thoughts about it. Jackie asked about fear. You know, one of the things that I think you really have to be able to do as a believer, there's two things I think that we can do. One of them is you really do have to trust God. And we say this, and I think I think that feels so much today like, oh, that's just like a churchy thing to say, and it doesn't mean anything, but it does. David, the psalmist, he writes in Psalm 56, 3, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. I think you begin there because if you are a believer in, in Christ, then you believe you have everlasting life and you really have nothing to fear. The New Testament would tell us, you know, whom shall we fear? Death has no victory. Death, where is your sting? You know, when I'm afraid of death, I don't, I'm not afraid of it myself. Uh, I am afraid of what would happen to my family and that my kids would grow up with their dad gone. And, you know, you have those thoughts and I don't like that. Uh, you got to start there. And God repeatedly throughout Scripture, somebody out there says that uh, the Bible says do not fear 365 times like once for every day. I think that's not actually true. Uh, it's a nice thought. Um, it's not entirely accurate. But I, I, there's plenty of do not fears. Isaiah 41.10, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. And here's the reason, for I am your God. It's so important to have that basis for not being afraid, that God is God, that he's your God that he's for real, that our faith is not some sort of religion that's here to make you feel better. We have a faith in the God who created you, who gives you purpose, who gives you meaning, who sent his son to die for you, gives you everlasting life. As somebody likes to say, one pastor likes to say, and I steal it, he says uh, a Christian's greatest days are always ahead of them because your greatest days are going to be with Jesus forever. God says in that Isaiah passage, I will strengthen you and help you and I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Paul would write in Philippians, do not be anxious about anything. That's hard, right? Because we get anxious. But in every situation, here's the solution. It's in the same sentence. That's why Paul is attaching this to anxiety. By prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You got to tell God, and you find yourself being afraid in the supermarket or afraid in the school or afraid in going to class or you're just in a, an, an environment where you feel like you're not safe, you got you to gotta give that to God. And then here's the promise, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, the peace of God that transcends all understanding, that means you can't really understand it, can't really articulate it. But when you are presenting your request to God by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, you give thanks to God in every situation. There's no situation that's silly. All right, I'm afraid in the supermarket. Well, that's not silly. And, you know, I'm afraid walking down the street. Well, it's not silly to God. He wants to be with you and he wants to give you that peace. And Jesus would say this, peace is what I leave with you. It is my own peace that I give you. I do not give it as the world does. And I think that's really, really important for us. 
we the second thing we do need to do is we need to act in our culture. We need to address these things, and we need to have uh, something be done. But do not think that peace is going to ultimately come from the government or from laws that we pass. It comes from Jesus. And this is the message that we have to put out there. The peace that you get, the peace that transcends all understanding, the peace that lets you go into a dangerous place, the peace that lets you, that helps you deal with the horror of these things that so many people are going through today and that I know many of you have gone through and maybe are going through. The peace that you're looking for comes from Jesus who tells you in John 14, 27, do not be afraid. And then 2 Timothy 1, 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. This is the beginning of action. This is the beginning of going out and making a difference. And as another caller said, we got to be there with our neighbors. We got to share the gospel. We got to share love. We got to be there and listen. And if you're going through this right now, there's no words, there's no button to press. There's, you know, there are pastors and church people who are on that school right now and meeting with parents who are in shock and grieving and angry and confused. And there's not a magic word to make it better so you can just go home now. It's not going to get better. Not for a long time. It'll you'll never get over it, but you know, you will move forward. And that happens with time in the peace of Christ, but there's no, you know, it doesn't help people to say that right now in the middle of their grief, but being present does. Uh, Lynette in Los Angeles, uh, thanks for calling Southern California Live. How you doing, Lynette? Oh, fine. Thank you. I love your questions. You ask the most thought-provoking questions, um, and I'm really enjoying your show. I've been listening for uh, several weeks now. I wanted to say I don't have children, um, and I'm definitely not an authority on young men, but we've certainly heard, you know, that oftentimes the people that do this are lonely. Um, they're not good with other people. Um, you know, that we find out that they, they've sent out signals that they're not connecting with people. They're angry. And so this doesn't help in what has already happened, but it would just be so wonderful if schools, um, you know, would, would tell people that they should feel completely safe going to the school counselor or going to their teacher to tell them that they're concerned about somebody that mm-hmm. they see, whether the teacher says it or whether other students say it. I've got 10 seconds here, get those young people in a group with each other, not individual therapy, but with other young people that are feeling disconnected and angry and they aren't processing their feelings and to know that they're not alone. And I I agree with Dennis Prager that 75% of individual therapists are not very good. I got got to go. I I got a hard break, Lynette, and I appreciate it. I think you're on the right path there. Loneliness is a huge deal. And you know, when we get back, I'm going to talk about it. When we come back at the top of the hour, we've got Larry Marino from KKLA. He's going to give us an update on what's going on with the shooting right as soon as we get back. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.